What's up, everybody, and welcome to the State of Wild episode 19, a regular podcast YouTube video web series thing. As usual, Corvette's joining me tonight. Corvette, how you doing, friends? Hey, what's up, Meop? I'm doing really well. Uh, dude, we're so close to the new expansion stuff. So, yeah, really a lot of hype around the game right now. I know. In, in two weeks, we're going to be talking about or recording our first episode of the new expansion, which is kind of crazy, right? So when Corvette and I normally record this podcast, we usually have this you know format that we follow, but... Uh, what we've started doing last month, and we're going to keep doing it because you guys seem to enjoy it, uh, is for the last episode of every month, we're going to be talking about kind of an overall meta breakdown. Uh, and mm -hmm. so basically talking about how the meta has shifted over the past month because we're analyzing our games over a longer period of time uh, and talking about what's changed and maybe what hasn't. Uh, so we'll be doing kind of an overall as well as a class and archetype breakdown uh, with lists. Um, so for all of you guys that are looking for lists to play, we've got you guys. Um, let us know in the comments below if you guys enjoy content like this or if you enjoy the format of these episodes. Uh, and give us feedback about how we can improve it. Uh, and just a reminder before we get started to leave a like, comment, and subscribe if you guys enjoy content like this. Uh, but with all that being said, let's go ahead and get started. So yeah, so we're going to be doing a meta breakdown representative of basically top 100, top 200 legend. Uh, that's essentially the 11 star bonus bracket. Uh, at mm -hmm. least for the America servers. Uh, and that's where Corbett and I have spent most of our month, uh, if not the entire month. Uh, and so let's first of, talk, first of all talk about what information we're pulling from as the basis for a lot of this discussion that we're going to be having tonight. Um, so Corbett and I have gone through all of our replays, totaling almost 950 games, uh, a little bit more than that. Uh, and while it's not all the games being played at Legend, uh, we believe it's enough to have a solid grasp on what's actually happening in the metagame. And like how it's changed throughout the month uh yeah it's really good to kind of go through this exercise because you know um we didn't actually get a vs report this entire expansion which i think might be the first time that's happened in wild uh as far as i can recall um with the frequency they're doing balance changes and all that kind of stuff um it kind of meant the one couldn't be made so you know gotta kind of uh put things in our own hands you gotta go through and do the work ourselves and being able to kind of go through and really uh analyze exactly what we're saying in a very um data-driven way Again, it's not like a massive sample, but it's enough to kind of get a good grasp of what actually seeing, you're seeing play on a relatively large sample for at least the month as a whole. Uh, so yeah, I really like doing this personally, and yeah, I really hope you guys listening and watching the uh, video and stuff enjoy it as well. Yeah, so for those of you guys that are just listening to us via podcast or watching on mobile, uh, we do go ahead and apologize in advance, because uh, we'll be showing a, a few charts uh, to represent our data, and while we're going to be doing our best to talk about what they're representing, they might be a little bit hard to see. Uh, so if you want mm -hmm. a closer look, uh, they can all be found down in the doc in the description. Just click the link, and it'll give you our show notes uh, with codes and all of these graphs, which you can blow up and look closer. Uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and start talking about the metagame. So the first image we're going to show is uh, the class representation over the 950 games. And so what's really interesting is that there's three distinct stratifications uh, kind of classes. So first of all, we've got Warlock, Druid, Mage, and Priest combining for over 70% of the metagame mm -hmm. and, and warlock's at a staggering 26 right warlock is 26 percent of the metagame um and then kind of in the second tier you've got paladin warrior shaman and rogue which combine for basically the next 29 percent uh and then you have demon hunter and hunter coming up at the end again sadly uh making up just over one percent of the games uh, I don't know exactly what they're hunting, um, but they're not very good at it, uh, is what I'm seeing. Yeah, poor guys. I mean, it really wouldn't be, like, wild if Warlock wasn't, you know, this leaps and bounds kind of ahead of everything else in terms of representation. This feels very wild for a long time. Warlock has really been 
that uh, probably the most diverse class or the class that has kind of the uh, most amount of options. So I don't know, looking at this, uh, this chart as a whole in those um, kind of divisions that you're talking about, this feels very much how I would have guessed uh, the data before looking at it, how it would have broken down. Um, but yeah, so as you said, we're seeing about the four classes in that kind of 70% range. Um, again, like the, they do have a really good, op like good way to make up that massive bulk because Hunter and Demon Hunter are seeing so little play. Mm -hmm. So it's more like an eight class meta, right? Like when those are basically non-existent, there's obviously a much larger chunk for the remaining classes to make up of. Um, but overall, this isn't, again, uh, going through class by class isn't necessarily telling you whether something's a problem or not. It's more about like the archetype representation within each of those classes as a whole. Yeah, I mean, so let's, while we're still seeing, I think I would still say this is like a similar to a healthy metagame, right? Compared to like when Sniff that mm -hmm. Warlock and it was like 40% Warlock and it was just that one class, right? Um, yeah. So let's let's dive a little bit into this and let's talk about those archetypes, right? So next up we're gonna show you the archetype distribution Right, so diving into what those classes are actually playing. Um, and so let's do a little bit of a comparison for how the meta has evolved, because if you remember the last time we did this was for September, and at the very end mm -hmm. of September, they nerfed Guardian Animals and Tertullian Pilgrim, right? Kind of shaking up the metagame a little bit at the end of last month. And the meta meta adjusted pretty significantly, pretty quickly. Uh, so we saw Rena Priest and Agrajude still very, very popular, um, to, to no one's surprise, but we've actually seen kind of two or three decks completely drop out of the metagame. Uh, so first of all, we've seen Jadrid kind of disappear, understandably, and Turtle Mage as well. Uh, but kind of the mm -hmm. big staggering thing is Discard Warlock. So Discard Warlock in our last uh, monthly recap was, I think, the second or third most popular deck. It represented 10% yeah. of the metagame. And now it's not even being played enough to show up on our chart, right? It's in that other category, which is kind of at insane. Um, yeah. And then and then Quest Mage, understandably, because Evocation got nerfed, dropped from i think nine percent to five percent um so mm -hmm. i mean what happened to discard warlock dude what what, what happened where'd it go yeah uh, discard warlock is right at the limit in that other category it's basically the next deck in line um but as i saying, it's it's an insane decline where it was that like i think second most popular deck at around that 10 to 12 percent range um and now it's yeah now it's down to like about one to two percent of the meta uh, in that kind of area and basically what happened is i think dark level like kind of just ate up its spot um <laughs> in a similar way that like decks often feel uh redundant and they can be playable um yeah. if a deck is redundant even if it'll be strong it just won't see play uh an example would be in you know last expansion odd demon hunter was really really good um and odd rogue was okay but odd rogue effectively just felt like a worse version of yeah demon hunter right so even though odd rogue was okay it was never really a main reason to play it um and i, I think in a similar way like even before dark Lair, um was nerfed and it's gonna be funny talking about this nerf um <laughs> as we go along um but before that was nerfed i think a lot of people felt that discard warlock was really strong but it didn't see that meteoric rise until after dark Lair yeah. was hit um now with people going back to dark Lair warlock uh, a lot of players are pushing back away from discard warlock and so it's kind of just like really diminished its presence on ladder as a whole yeah, and I think we saw that, right? Because it got nerfed, what, two months ago, and then we saw Dark Lair really popular last month, and now people have realized that Dark Lair's still good. So it kind of makes mm -hmm. sense. It's a little bit interesting, though, because it feels like they're two very different decks, right? Discord yeah. Warlock feels like a very traditional, aggressive Warlock deck, and Dark Lair is more combo-y, turn four, turn five, play three giants and kill you style of deck. Mm -hmm. um, so like while they play drastically different and have like different strengths, it feels weird that they kind of 
I don't know, holding hands in the metagame, right? Where, like, if you play one, yeah. you don't play the other. It, it's it's really interesting. Absolutely. There's, like, um, they, they do have very distinct play styles there. So maybe maybe even what we're talking about isn't actually true. Maybe there is actually no real uh, relationship between, mm -hmm. you know, the players gravitating towards Darklair and away from Discard. Maybe it's more of a coincidence. But um, it, it is something that we seem to have seen previously, yeah. where players weren't playing Discard Warlock and were very... Um, uh, we're very much playing Dark Lair Warlock instead. And I, I think like most people and most uh, commentators and most players in, in, at high ranks would feel comfortable saying that Discard Warlock is really strong, yeah. right? Like I think most people agree that Discard Warlock is a really good deck um, and it was a good deck before. So it is interesting this relationship and does raise that question of whether it is related despite the fact that they have these very distinct play styles. Yeah, it's not like anything in Discard Warlock got nerfed, right? It's still a very, very good deck that I think can help you hit legend very very quickly i think it's just yeah. i don't know it, it's weird the psychological impact of that but let's talk about a couple of other mm -hmm. decks that have kind of risen in, in popularity right so rena lock last month uh we talked about how it was like the weakest of the three rena decks by a large margin uh it was only like two percent of the metagame um and maybe due to just our small sample size or or what but rena lock has jumped up to the third most played deck which is just kind of mind-boggling mm -hmm. to me because uh, personally, I, I still don't know if it's that good of a deck, but like I've never felt bad about queuing into Arena Lock, but here it is, third most popular deck behind Arena Priest and Aggro Druid. Um, I don't know who popularized it or like what's. I mean, is it maybe just like the Gnome Feratu against Priest kind of mentality? Like gives you that. I feel better playing Arena Lock because I have cards like that. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, but it's it's risen in popularity from two to nine percent, which is kind of insane. Yeah, uh, Reno Warlock, I think, um, I don't know if it could be attributed to one individual player or anything, um, but I think that a lot of players have been looking for slow decks that have a really good shot against Reno Priest. Um, and Reno Lock does seem to be one of the best equipped. Now, I don't have much experience in Reno Priest, Reno Lock matchups myself. I haven't really played either of the deck very much this past month. Um, but my impression from people talking uh, talk to me about these decks, talking about, to me about these matchups, is that it's actually very tough on Reno Priest to win because of the uh, Finley Wizzled combo that everyone seems to be playing. Yeah. Um, it's kind of tough to rat, uh, to, it's, it's very tough to uh, uh, Elusia that combo because you can only really Elusia it before you have the like Anduin if it's like before turn seven. Um, it can be tough to like dump out the pieces. So like if you have the Anduin in hand and it, like you can't just like give the opponent the Anduin is what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. you have to play the Elusia before turn seven. It's kind of a real rush to try and find that, to try and play it and then dump out either Finley or Grizzled. Um, I, I think another thing that really has improved Reno Lock recently has been the buff to Willow. You know, yeah. we, we talked about it as being such a big buff for Cube Lock, but I think that it being a big buff to Reno Lock might have slipped past people's uh, radar a little bit. Yeah, where definitely. people are now really incentivized to kind of try this uh, demon package that, you know, they probably should have been playing before. Um, <laughs> but now I'm seeing a lot more like skull stuff. I'm seeing a lot more big demon stuff in Reno Lock. And yeah, I think like a lot of people have been looking for something that can handle things like Agro Druid and can beat Reno Priest. And I think like Reno Warlock, I would agree that it's not that strong right now. But I, I think that Reno Lock traditionally has been one of those decks that feels like you kind of can beat everything. You know, if things break your way, if you play well, yep. it feels like you're in every game. And I think that people have kind of been really wanting something like that for a while. And you know, Cube Lock with Birds has been something that players have tried. And it's all kind of this going around trying to find a way to beat Aggro and somehow try and deal with Reno Priest. And I think Reno Warlock has been a, lot, a thing that a lot of players have landed on. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then let's talk a little bit about OTK Paladin. So this is, I, I don't want to say new because this, this is kind of the updated anything OTK Paladin uh, with Allura that was like super popular at the beginning of the month. And we'll talk a little bit more about this deck. Uh, but it came out of nowhere and it, it is what the sixth yeah. most popular deck. Uh, don't worry, we'll talk a little bit about this deck. Um, you know, actually, let's talk a little bit about this. So next up, you guys are going to be, mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be showing the, a line graph but what this is showing is like this top eight decks in the metagame and kind of how their play rate changed over the course of the month and i think this is the one of the graphs that i'm always the most excited to see um and so for example you see stuff like darkly warlock and reno warlock really really pick up steam like halfway through the month right and they both become like super popular towards the end whereas mm -hmm. reno priest maintains its popularity throughout the month agra druid kind of uh similar to that uh, and then we had this otk paladin which is like it was the most popular deck and at the beginning of the month and i think that's it correlates directly with reno priest being the most popular deck at that time right and it was this new otk deck and people loved playing things that are new and it beat up on the most popular you know tier one deck in the metagame which was reno priest uh and mm -hmm. then i something happened okay uh it just it it literally disappeared there, there was a period, like a stretch of like 10 days where I don't think either of us saw it at all. <laughs> like, I think yeah, zero, um, zero games. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of people were really excited to play the Emola Paladin. There was a few players that uh, were swapping out of rank one legend with it. I believe that was Nine Eyebrows and then Maxi. Um, and so, you know, it was a relatively, I mean, it was a very new deck. It, like it picked up a lot of pieces that made it very much more like playable, something that, um, this style had been sort of talked about a long time ago, but it really needed like Allura. It needed things like Barov and Broomstick and uh, a whole bunch of control tools that it got from the recent expansion. Even like One Maker is a really nice pickup with the Allura. Um, and so, like, uh, you know, people saw this deck, you know, it's very new, it's very exciting to get new stuff in Wild. Um, picked it up a lot. But I, I would say these stats are relatively inflated. Again, uh, when we're talking about the experience of these stats, we're obviously just talking about Meowth and I. Um, personally, uh, a lot of these stats are driven because I kept on running into the same few people who were just maining this deck for the first week or so. Um, I kept on running into Nine Eyebrows. There was a lot where I, I ran into him and might have played him like four times in 20 games or, you know, five times in 30 games or something like that. Yeah. So that kind of inflated the stats a little bit. And by the time he was no longer at high rank and I couldn't queue into him, then yada, yada, yada. All of a sudden, no more anything. Um, but I, I definitely agree that, like, this is a deck that dropped off a lot um, as the month went on. And... Finally, I think a lot of the players that were playing anything uh, are now been playing Dark Lair Warlock. Um, all, <laughs> all, the the all the combo players. All the combo players. Yeah, the, the combo. Yeah, the combo players exactly. But yeah, I don't know. Anything was. Um, I think it's a good deck. Uh, not top tier, but it was something that people were often, uh, you know, jumping on the start of the month. And yeah, you can see the way it just completely crashed uh, by the time we got to the second half. I mean, I think a part of that is also kind of the rise of Agro Druid, where like. This this OTK anything paladin felt like it was fine into stuff like Oddrig and Odd Paladin, but it struggled mm -hmm. into stuff like Agro Druid because Agro Druid got on the board so quick, and so I think that has yeah. a role to play in it. Uh, of course, not like the the obvious only thing that affected it, but I think this like drastic rise in Agro Druid might have had something like play in that, and then people were just like, okay, well, well, my anything paladin sucks against all these Agro Druids. Let's play Darkly Warlock because maybe that has a better chance, right? I mean, I, we'll talk about it. Maybe it's not, but yeah. um, I, I think like Arena Lock and Cube Lock might have pushed that a little bit. It's very okay. tough to push the Void Lords, Void Lords back true, there as well. True, true, true. 
Um, and the last thing I want to talk about on this graph is uh, this blue line representing Quest Mage. Uh, so I think Quest Mage was the third most popular deck at the beginning of the month, and then about halfway through, we got Evocation nerfed from one minute to two, which is a pretty drastic, huge nerf. We'll talk about that uh, as mm -hmm. well. Uh, and so we've just seen Quest Mage kind of just dropping off the face of the earth. Not Maybe yeah. not dropping off the face of the earth, but it, it's declined pretty severely in its popularity um, and, and play rate, uh, which makes sense, though, uh, because of the Evocation nerf. Uh, but yeah, so now that we've talked big picture, uh, we kind of now want to come at analyze the metagame from a little bit of a different perspective. We're going to be going through each class. Uh, and so we'll be talking about what decks uh, from that class play a role in the metagame. Um, and since this is actually the last episode like this that we're going to be doing for this expansion, we actually just wanted to take a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of time for each class to talk about kind of its experience in the uh, Skolomance Academy, you know, metagames and kind of what impact the expansion had on each class um but yeah let's go ahead and get started uh so let's let's talk about demon hunter last last month when we did this demon hunter i think we saw three of them total yeah right um and, and we've gotten a little bit better we've i think we're up to eight now out of 950 games. oh my god eight? what drastic eight growth hunters? over 200 percent growth or, no that's not right 150 percent growth or something what math is hard <laughs> uh but basically the goal of this or the point of this is that Odd Demon Hunter has continued to struggle. It just feels like we yeah. were talking about when Odd Demon Hunter was really strong, right? Odd Rogue felt like a weaker Odd Demon Hunter. Odd Demon Hunter just feels like a much weaker version of Odd Rogue. And so I think that's just like why it just hasn't seen any play or gained any traction in the metagame. Um, mm -hmm. But I think the one thing that we've seen is a, a Rise and Soul Demon Hunter. So this is the deck that's like super popular, super powerful, and standard. Um, and it's finally, I think after three months, been ported into, into Wild a little bit um yeah we can talk a little bit about what it adds right i think there's like two pieces like maybe bran and maybe lotheb um but other than that um i think what what is the main reason that it's seen play maybe just because people want to play the deck i, I know it has a decent matchup into agro druid which is the second most popular deck but kind of just gets bopped by priests so i don't i don't really know kind of the dynamics of those matchups because i haven't played it or played against it much myself yeah um Soul Demon Hunter's going to struggle a lot in the Priest. It's maybe there as like an anti-aggro uh, mm. list in general. And I think people are just playing it a little bit because, you know, you got to play it something, right? you got to play something with Demon Hunter. And, you know, the, the cards are there. It, it's pretty much like the whole reason why Demon Hunter's struggling is because it doesn't have the, the wild foundation sets, right? It doesn't have the pieces that it can, like, pull from these old sets to, to add to these new cards. Mm -hmm. And so because the game... Like, this is the whole issue with Demon Hunter, right? Is that why people thought Demon Hunter would suck in Wild. Is because if they're balancing for Standard, how can you make it good in Wild? Yeah. Right? Like, if a deck is, is, is fine in Standard, it like, it doesn't make any sense. How can it correlate to being strong? And the answer last time was Baku, right? Like, Baku is a Wild exclusive. One of the really few Wild exclusive Demon Hunter cards where it got, like, a massive upgrade that was Wild exclusive. Um, and the problem is, like, uh, Soul Demon Hunter, it picks up nothing. So, like, you're playing the standard deck. Like you said, Bran, Lothab, those are the only pieces. Now, Bran is an okay piece. Lothab, I think, you might even not even supposed to run. But it's obviously not enough to, like, take a standard deck and make it really viable for Wild. Um, Odd Demon Hunter, it's had basically no bint game uh, ever since the nerf to Warglaves. So it completely gets bottomed out against, like, it, control decks. It tends to run out a lot of gas. And it even can struggle against other um, Baku and Gen or other aggro decks. Um, Odd Demon Hunter has a really good foundation, where I think it can definitely be really strong moving forward. But yeah, it's at a really rough time in this expansion because most of its set was donated 
sort of or built around the, the demon hunter soul mechanic right the yeah. soul mechanic soul fragments and it just couldn't make use of them in, in old decks because you know the the soul cards cost even you know they, it couldn't play them and you can't really play a deck that isn't old demon hunter in wild right now uh if you're gonna try and play demon hunter yeah so i mean moving forward I, a couple questions so in this next expansion dark moon fair are we when we're looking at demon hunter cards is the first factor that we should be looking at what is the mana cost of the card like is it yeah. odd or is it even right there's yeah. just... i think i i would go as far as say like that's the only factor like you mm. can almost eliminate every even cost of the card it's not going to be relevant in wild until you know way down the road at some point okay and then do you think that they eventually when these cards rotate do you think that demon hunter needs stuff like warglaves and metamorphosis kind of unnerfed so that it has a chance in the long run in wild outside of odd demon hunter i think in an ideal world we would say yes right like we want why we want like demon hunter to have options and be to be diverse and viable like that's what we want for every class right um i think realistically the answer is no though i think that demon hunter will always maintain some ability to have like a playable deck because the old demon hunter hero power is so strong it's yeah. very very hard for that deck to completely be crap like Basically, none of the Gen and Baku aggressive decks have ever been bad. Yeah. Even Demon Hunter now, like, all Demon Hunter isn't, like, bad, bad, right? Like, you could hit Legend with it, for example. And I think that that'll maintain itself for, you know, as long as Wild exists, or at least until something changes very dramatically. Yeah. Um, so I don't think they're going to look for reverts. I think that, like, all Demon Hunter will be playable. There's no real reason to buff the class. They're also very reluctant, obviously. We've never really had Wild exclusive buffs yeah. before. And so I'd be very shocked if they ever did something like that. I'm, yeah, that's true. All right, um, so let's move on to, to our next class, Druid. Yeah, so let's jump in on Druid. So Agro Druid, um, for the past two months now, has been one of the most popular decks. Um, it got a ton in Skullman's Academy, where it picked up, uh, you know, Gibbling and uh, a whole bunch of other, uh, really other good aggressive tools, like Adorable Infestation. Um, Voracious Reader was probably the most important card that it got. Yeah. And so Agro Druid has been one of the strongest and most played decks throughout, um, you, know, you know, for some time now. Uh, Druid does still have some some slower options where Malagos Druid is uh, one of the best counters to Reno Priest. Um, you know, since the, the nerf to Guardian Animals, I think the Druid has ultimately become a much less diverse class where it very much feels uh, Malagos or Aggro, Malagos or Aggro, and there's not really much in between. Um, but yeah, I, I think like Druid overall, you know, we can say it's one of the most popular classes, even though it is split, but it does have two like very viable, strong archetypes. So among the classes as a whole, I'd say Druid's in a pretty good spot. And, you know, Druid, the way it's built, it'll always push in those two directions, where it'll be, like, slow decks or, like, slow combo ramp decks or very aggressive token decks. And, you know, this has been the first time in a long time where Agro Druid has been really good. So Agro Druid's had pieces for a while, but it's finally uh, been able to really capitalize on Biggin with, you know, the addition of Voracious Reader and stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, Agro Druid, I think, is a really unique deck where, like, it can win against everything, uh, but it also can lose against everything because you're very, you know, your your success is very limited to to your draws, right? Do you hit the embiggen or do you draw patches, right? Um, stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, but I also think that Aggregate is in a very, very good place because I think it's maybe one of, if not the best matchups into Dark Lair Warlock, which has become super, super popular recently. Um, and like even these supposed counters like Reno Priest and Reno Lock and Q Block, you can still high roll wins because you're Aggro Druid and you can just vomit insane amounts of stats onto the board uh but yeah i mean you touched on a little bit about like 
the saddest thing to me was the guardian animals nerfed to eight like I, mm-hmm. again I, I understand why they did that because of standard but like it just we talked last week or, or not last week the last time we did one of these meta report uh, episodes it it felt good to play proactive druids again right that weren't just ramp 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 play plague and then combo you right uh and it, it felt like it had a place in the metagame um and guardian animals at eight has kind of killed the card at least in the current state of wild um but I, I guess my question to you is, I haven't seen anybody experimenting with, like, Kael'thas, J-Druid, like we used to have, right, before Guardian mm-hmm. Animals. Um, do, you, do you ever think that there's, a, like, potential place for that? Or is just its matchup into Dark Lair and Aggro Druid just not good enough? Like, it, those matchups are so miserable, it's maybe not worth playing J-Druid. Oh, I, I think in the current meta, like with the current part, card pool, God no. Like I don't, I don't want to play Jade Druid. Uh, Jade Druid was like um, before Guardian Animals came out. Jade Druid was not in a great spot, uh, great spot. And so with Guardian Animals taken away, it received basically nothing from the expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of uh, you know Rena Lock, Cube Lock popping up. Um, things like Agro Druid. Th- yeah. Those matchups, like the Agro matchups, aren't actually that good. I think for Jade Druid, I think it gets a little bit overstated. Um, when looking at something like Agro Druid or, uh, or or like Odd Paladin, for example, and you know it doesn't even handle Rena Priest that great at this point. So I don't think there's any real need to play uh, J Druid. Um, it is funny to me that like it's very much an inverse of the Dark Lair situation, where Wild players are kind of looking at Standard and going, "Oh my God, I can't believe you got Guardian Animals nerfed," and then the Standard players looking at us like, "Oh my God, I can't believe you took away Dark Lair from us." <laughs> um, little did they know. Yeah. what would happen with <laughs> Dark Lair. Um, but yeah, I, I think like Jade Druid, um, you know, like there, there's so much ramp and there's so much stuff that you can do in Druid. I think it has a really good foundation again. Um, we'll, we'll see what direction they'll go in. They've talked a lot about how they want to design ramp uh, mm-hmm. moving forward. Um, but, you know, Druid with its defensive pieces and stuff, it'll be interesting to see like, because the, the thing is like Druid right now, it's very hard to play any sort of control deck in wild, right? Yeah. The, the end game and value generation that some decks have, like LPG or Rena Lock or Cube Lock, um, and even the combo potential of things like Mali Druid or Reno Priest, make it very, very tough to play a more conventional control style. So it'd be inter- yeah. interesting to see like how Druid looks in the future. Um, and even looking forward to the new cards, like maybe something like the new Yogg can make a difference and give it a lot of lethality in the uh, mid to late game. Yeah, I mean, even the new cards, we have new Yogg and then even the potential combo of the new legendary right it looks like they have synergy with stuff like omu right which that means mm-hmm. I'm, I'm there's potential for more combo cards coming in the set is all i'm saying uh but i think overall druid big big winner from skullman's academy right we talked a little bit about aggro druid but also uh lightning bloom as well and then before it's nerf guardian animals so i think druid came out <laughs> very very happy from skullman's academy i um, I think uh, there's something I want to touch on though. Like, Agro Druid now feels like how we all kind of envisioned aggressive wild decks eventually becoming. Like, this feels like kind of the end game for the curve at Agro deck, right? <laughs> top Where, out of three. You know, it, yeah, like, top out of three and just like vomit out, I don't know, 10 10 of stats on turn two. Like, this feels very much like how people thought wild would eventually turn into. <laughs> uh yeah i i can't argue with that um so let's move on to our next class let's talk a little bit about hunter yeah um all right that wraps it up for hunter yeah i think we saw one hunter in 950 games was it me it was one i don't i think might it, it might have been okay I don't know. uh it was it was one hunter 
950 gains. Uh, Dude, so I, obviously... I did my part. I tried. I tried, tried to push Hunter this month. I, I did my best. <laughs> you tried your best. Uh, dude. All right. So let's... It, it got a bunch of cute tools, right, in Skullamus Academy, but obviously none of them are good enough to push any wild decks. So let's talk about... I think instead of spending a lot of time talking about stuff like Reno Hunter, um, I will say I'm going to play a lot of Death Rattle Hunter at the beginning of next month. I have some ideas with... Um, some things that maybe have not been experimented with enough, so I'll report back on our, on our next episode. But mm-hmm. um, but let's talk about what what tools does it need from the new expansion to be competitive in Wild. I think, for me personally, I think the biggest thing is it just can't mana cheat at the same level as literally every other class in this format. Um, yeah. And its and its aggressive decks are just not aggressive enough or not consistent enough. I don't really know exactly what the issue is with aggressive hunter builds. Um, but it, it needs it needs a lot of help, man. Like, I, I honestly am feeling a little bit bad for him. You know, I feel a little sympathy uh, for the poor guy. But what do you think it needs? What, what what are you hoping for to make Hunter competitive from the expansion? I mean, Hunter's not hopeless. Like, as much as we're laughing about this and talking about its weaknesses, it does have, like, quote-unquote broken pieces that it could really yeah. build upon. It has really good um, cards. It has really good cards. They just it does. You, you know, like... Uh, It'll come Again, together like, to make it, a good deck. <laughs> yeah, uh, even something like well, what I did play at the start of the month, you know, the aggro Highlander Hunter. I know mm. it kind of sounds like a meme, but, like, Brand is such excellent top end, um, yeah. and, like, Zephyrus is kind of broken, so I can see, like, Highlander Hunter eventually getting pushed to a point where it's really one of, like, a, a good, like, quote-unquote, like, mid-rangey, like, aggro mid-rangey deck in wild. Mm. Um, I, could, I could imagine that. Um, I think, like, the, the biggest piece, though, that Hunter has going for it is Play Dead. Um, I think yeah. Play Dead is one of those cards where, or even like Fane Death, really the pair of them. Um, yeah. They're both cards that kind of have, you know, like cards have either, like card, cards in general, they have like how much scope they have for, for playability or how much power they have, right? Um, and some deck, like some cards might be weaker than others, but they have much more potential. And I think Play Dead and Fane Death are two cards where like the top end of Play Dead and, Hate and uh, Fane Death are really, really high. In a similar way to like Blood Bloom, was always a card that could get very busted very quickly if it was paired with a big spell. Um, Fame Death and Play Dead, if they're paired with the right early game Death Rattles, um, you can do- certainly imagine the way that Hunter could snowball these insane boards on turn threes and four. Uh, so I think like even more like early game support in terms of the Death Rattle package would help a lot. Um, I think that the beast stuff, it's going to be very hard ever to make a, a conventional aggro deck work in wild. Um, we've seen it before with mechs. I think mechs are like one of the more recent examples. And but I guess mechs I just cheap got mana, more, like, right? One. Mechs cheap mana. Yeah, exactly, down, right? exactly. Well, like, well, like Murlocs. Uh, sorry, not Murlocs, but um, mechs and discard. Um, those are two of the other ones. I guess like Murloc Paladin, in a way is an okay deck, but again, that got prismatic lens. So yeah, basically, what we're talking about is like the aggressive deck needs a way to cheat stuff. Yeah. Um, you need a way to like uh, like flood the board in insane ways. I think hyena is a really good pit like building block where hyena can definitely solo people um when it's paired with alley cat or Wolpertinger, however you pronounce that <laughs> um but yeah the b stuff does have potential as well i don't know hunter has a lot of directions that it can build upon it's just a matter of like it'll never be a top end class in wild so it either ne- it just needs like ways to snowball the board in insane ways or it needs ways to kind of push ridiculous amounts of damage um We'll see. We'll see if they go in that direction. Given, you know, Face Hunter has had some pieces given to it in standard, and we'll be interested to see if they build more upon that. Just just give me a one mana one one death rattle summon a two two or something. 
right for that death battle hunter to something i think the biggest thing issue i've had with death battle hunter in the past is like it just it doesn't have a good one drop like you have eggs on two yeah. and stuff like that just give me yeah, we got, give me a good one drop and we'll be okay we got mecha right now which is not great i said good one drops come on uh, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> but yeah the moral of the story for hunter right now it sucks but i think what corbett and i are both saying is that it has a ton of potential so that if it gets something good right it can automatically launch these archetypes into like being super competitive it just it needs those cards to help support those archetypes a lot of the hero power support is something that can work for hunter because there's no Baku and gen in standard and so the more hero power stuff the more they lean into like base stalker tool guide um dragon bane uh more cards like that could definitely also help push odd and even hunter um but yeah we'll see we'll see about hunter um all right next up let's uh let's do mage Mage, uh, again, like Warlock, one of the sort of quote-unquote like big classes uh, of Wild, where it's almost always one of the most played, um, most diverse, most amount of viable archetypes. Um, and, you know, we say Mage and you think Quest, right? Like yeah. Quest Mage is pretty much the the big bad of Wild um, for what has felt like the longest time. Um, it's had, you know, it's had moments where it's uh, kind of gone back into the shadows, but, you know, Quest Mage still one of the most hated archetypes that people have had, but you know, Quest Mage has been nerfed again. Um, <laughs> the evocation nerf, I feel like it's been really significant. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people are starting to catch on that Quest Mage isn't that strong. Uh, we saw the recent Chinese report that came out. Um, I don't know if you, you saw this either, Meowth, but it had like Dark Label like a tier one, had a whole bunch of decks, and then they had like Quest Mage at around like the 13th best deck in the meta. And I think mm -hmm. that's like more in line with how I felt about it compared to what some of the other recent meta reports have had. Um, I think the nerf to Evocation is a really big deal. And, you know, as these decks like Agra Druid and either, either some of the slower decks have popped up, it's been really, really hard for Quest Mage to kind of maintain its dominance and um, really be able to win games on that, like, turn 6 to 8 range. Yeah, we talked about this on our on our last episode, right, where we talked about, or two episodes ago, mm -hmm. where we talked about Evocation nerf. I, I think the big thing is, is it makes the Agra matchup even more sus, right? And it, it yeah. makes... It feels like Quest Mage is just now, it feels like, I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels like another like Odd Warrior style deck where you're just hoping you queue into the right matchup. Because if you queue into an aggressive deck, there's almost 0% chance you have of winning that game, especially now that Evocation's 2 mana. Um, and I've even seen a lot of people cutting it. I was watching Dragstream a little bit, and he's just completely cut out Evocation from his Quest Mage, which is kind of insane to think about. It's been hit how many times now? Like two or three, four yeah. times? And it's... yeah. It's just not um, good. Yeah. <laughs> but... yeah, if you if you look through and you you look at like the nerf to the quest itself, you look at the the non uh, discover uh, mm -hmm. like discover itself thing where you can't loop in magic tricks or glyphs. Yeah. Um, again, with the evocation nerf, it didn't pick it up that much from the expansion. A lot of other decks got a lot better, and yeah, I think I think finally people it seems like are kind of on board with the idea that quest major might not actually be that strong. Um, I mean, there's always going to be a group that thinks Quest Mage is like the second best deck in the format. Uh, but those are the, pe those are the people that always have their quest complete on turn four, though, so we don't ever listen to them. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, all right, so, so beyond Quest Mage, though, uh, you know, Quest Mage had a whole bunch of other stuff where we had the, the total package. We had Pilgrim before that. Uh, that was sadly nerfed. Um, but, you know, still using the Pilgrim potion stuff is LPG Reno Mage. Yep. Um, the nerf app in a total didn't really affect that deck that much, where... Uh, you can't do the infinite loops now with Potion, but you can still fetch yourself a Pocket Galaxy. Um, LPG Mage has actually seen like a fairly significant uh, decline uh, from where it was last month. 
Um, where I remember when we were talking about it last month, uh, LPGA Mage was more on the top half of the decks that we were talking about, like the sixth or seventh most popular from memory. Um, definitely not that way right now. Uh, LPGA Mage has, dro has dropped off uh, quite a bit, but you know, I, I think like the rise of Warlock again hasn't been super great for it. I think like even Aggro Druid can be a little bit of a tough matchup. Dark Lair Warlock in particular is a brutal matchup for that deck. Uh, so I think like a lot of the recent trends have been kind of tough on LPG. Um, but LPG definitely one of the stronger, uh, slower options that we have in Wild. Um, slower, you know, it's a it's kind of a mid rangey deck, but uh, slow option I feel is appropriate. Um, but yeah, it's really got got a lot of good foundation pieces, and yeah, makes the whole um, you know continues to have multiple archetypes that uh, it has going for it. Yeah, I, I love me some LPG Arena Mage. Uh, like you said, Darkly Warlock, very sad. You don't want to keep LPG into Darkler. It's it's basically <laughs> unwinnable. Um, and Aggro Druid. I feel like the tools quest mage or not quest mage. I think the tools that LPG mage has is stuff like Flame Ward, Doomsayer, Sheep, and while those are like pretty nice into Odd Rare or God Paladin uh, decks like that, uh, they're they're a little bit slow against Agadrid. So Agadrid feels a little bit like a like a fifty fifty kind of matchup. Yeah, it, um, it feels very like you have to hit that Flame Ward. Like if you don't get that Flame Ward, you're in so much trouble. Yeah. I will say though, I haven't been struggling against stuff like Reno Lock and Key Block. I've been very happy to see those. Just, but I also am running a little bit of a different list than kind of. I, I would say most other people because there's not really a, a meta list right now. I, I still haven't seen a, a consistent list that's popped up. But I'm running Amazing Reno just because there's a lot of Key Blocks in High Legend, uh, like yeah. we talked about earlier. And so Amazing Reno just kind of solos that matchup. It's pretty, pretty freaking amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I will say LPG Mage I think has a lot of potential because it beats upon Priest. I think it's a very good matchup into Priest. Um, maybe not like the best, but I think it's like it's favorable, right? Fifty-five, sixty percent favorable, and so I think there's a lot of potential. But um, and we'll see. We'll see how the meta kind of shakes out post new expansion. Um, but it's kind of crazy to me that I, I don't know if it's just like the price of the deck puts off a lot of people from playing it. Maybe. Maybe that's true. It is the most expensive deck in the format uh, in terms of dust cost, but um, we're very far from our fine list for this deck. Like I haven't seen very many on ladder, and I every time I queue into one, they're running like ten cards different than me. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, um, I know. I actually feel kind of good about where people are at with LPG, but I do agree that there's a lot of variety on ladder. Like I think uh, I don't know. Um, I, I still like the list that Hijo when I were running pre-nerf, but uh, again, I haven't touched the deck very much in the past month, so maybe I'm completely out of date. And, you know, the amazing Reno, like you've been talking about, is an excellent tech choice uh, if you're running into tons of cube block. And yeah. um, so, I don't know, maybe maybe we, uh, there, there's a bit more room. And, you know, these Reno decks are always going to have, like, a lot of slots up for grabs. You know, people tend to like what they like and tech in what they like. Um, and so, you know, there's always a bit of a debate on that kind of stuff. Um, what there isn't as much debate on is probably like Secret Mage, right? Let's <laughs> talk about another deck, Secret Mage. Uh, Secret Mage still solid. Uh, still running the same kind of 30-ish cards that most people are running. There's a little bit of issue with the Secret Packet. Some people go like double portal. Some people do double counter spell. It's kind of not that important overall. Um, Secret Mage is so far away though from where it was at its peak in yeah. terms of uh, popularity and how much people kind of uh, present the deck. I think Secret Mage is kind of it's it's kind of funny it's become a little bit of a joke among some people personally i think secret mage is actually very very good i do too, um yeah. and uh, you know i i think uh i think secret mage is very much slept on from the quote-unquote like top players um so i don't know secret mage again so it hasn't gotten that much in a very long time 
where if you look back at where it was in uh, Saviors of Oldham, I think it might have only picked up one card, which is Polkelt. I'm trying to think of well, anything else. Well, it got else. Netherwind Portal. In oh, we got Netherwind Portal, yeah. yes. So it picked up Portal and then Polkelt, and that's been about over a year. Yeah. Uh, so Secret Mage has really been able to survive and weather the storm without picking up a ton. I, um, I will say, when it comes to Secret Mage, I find it really, really funny, because you were talking about how people used to resent this deck, and people were always crying for, like, all-enough nerves or crystal yes. runner nerves and now it's kind of like secret mage is now kind of the fair aggro deck right now which is kind of insane to think how far we've come in the format just kind of insane yeah absolutely <laughs> uh but i actually i'm a big fan of secret mage right now because i think it beats up on uh decks like cube lock and darkly warlock i think um secret mage is a very good matchup into those two decks and, and mm-hmm. again we've talked about both of them being pretty popular right now uh and so i think actually secret mage is a super underrated deck um and with stuff like yeah. flak mage and flameborg your matchups into Odd Palette and, and Aggrojuid are not as bad as they used to be, right? Uh, they used to be auto-loss, and now you actually have a chance in those matches. So I think Secret Mage, uh, like you mentioned, it's, it's being slept on by a lot of people. Um, and I yeah. want to shout out uh, Own This River. Um, I don't I don't know if he's listening, but I want to shout out him because he's like the one guy I've seen constantly jamming this deck. Um, I wonder if like how many of those games in our sample size are just... <laughs> a, a, lot, a lot were definitely uh, me playing him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he was a lot of them, for sure. Um but yeah, Mage is the whole... Uh, I don't think if I would say Skullamance was that good of an expansion for, for Mage, uh, yeah. especially once it had its Turtle Mage taken away. Oh, F. I miss oh, you, but buddy. also, um, screw Turtle Mage, but... <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, once, you know, that was taken away, uh, it didn't pick up a ton of stuff, looking at various archetypes, but it doesn't really matter because Mage already had such a great foundation. Uh, Reno Quest Mage, Reno Secret Mage, uh, Odd Mage actually kind of got some stuff, which was cool. Um, but, you know, Mage has a ton of variety in terms of, like, viable archetypes. Um, has a ton of directions it can go in, mostly built around uh, Reno or the Quest. Those are the, kind of the two main ones with some, you know, speaker sprinkled in on the side. Um, but, yeah, Mage in a, in a really good spot. Um, one of the stronger classes, as always, in Wild, it feels like. And, uh, yeah, that's it, just kind of where it's at heading into the next expansion. Mage is maybe even worse off than before School of Mance Academy because you mentioned they didn't really get mm-hmm. a ton yeah. of new things. And they had a bunch of things nerfed, so... <laughs> yeah, it's it's still one of the stronger classes, right? Yeah, is, the, for sure. is the funny thing, where, where, like, Mage kind of is one of the better things, but it got kind of nothing at the yeah. stage, and definitely is weaker than where it was. But, yeah, Mage, as always, is like Warlock. It, it always feels like it's one of the best two classes in the format. For sure. Uh, let's talk about Paladin now. Um, Paladin, so we, we talked a little bit about this OTK tip Paladin, um which is like the the unique Paladin deck, right? Usually Paladin plays these board-based aggro strategies, and then this new OTK deck popped up, and everybody was like hopping on board. It beat Priest, it beat the Tier 1 deck. It was the new exciting thing, and then it just legit disappeared. Died. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. it died. Uh, we, talk, we talked a little bit about at the beginning of the episode like what this might be correlated with, whether it was the Rise of Aggro Druid, the Rise of Darkly Warlock, the Rise of Cube Lock. Um, whatever it is, uh, it, it's gone. Ha- I'm happy it's dead. <laughs> I hate Lighter Sour Paladin. I despised Lighter Sour Paladin. Um, you know, it's basically that same exact thing as Darker Sour, right? Where it's like if they drew the lens into the OTK and they just didn't happen to draw Murloc, the game is immediately over on turn four or turn five. Yeah. Um, it's not the play experience that I enjoy. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna do degenerate things on turn four, turn five, I want you to work for it. I want <laughs> you to do quest mage and have to play a bunch of stuff. I want you to you know, at least work for it a little bit with Dark Lair Warlock, but yeah, when it's like a two-card combo into an OTK and the game immediately ends, not my favorite thing ever, but it is kind of nice that Paladin did get something else, right? Like, Paladin has been 
really just like holding on with Odd Pally for some time. And things like Murlox and Nex have both been kind of in the orbit, but haven't really caught on that strong as a whole. Like talking about aggro Murloc Paladin. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the fact that it got tip, it got like a very, a very different feeling deck where it got like this OTK combo late game deck. Um, it's kind of nice for Pally. Uh, in it's, addition to it's, it's degenerate strong... as it is, it, it's nice. Oh, it's degenerate as it is. It is nice for Paladin players to get a little bit of a different direction. Um, but on Paladin, you know, we we're saying that was kind of the. Uh, the foundation archetype really on paladin got a big boost in this expansion i think yeah. paladin as a whole is probably is paladin the winner of skull Knights academy in wild yeah pretty damn close yeah i mean I, I guess maybe it's hard warlock. To push past priest i mean maybe. rena priest right it's hard well, other than rena priest and then obviously Parker. like dark Lair warlock but uh, yeah as, true as um, out of the two broken decks i think as a class paladin might have gotten the most and i think it might have gotten the most from a neutral card uh, because tour guy is mm-hmm. broken but uh yeah i mean it, it kind of came like once dark glare got nerfed people realized like all right all paladin legit deck right it, it's good yep. um i think it has like what maybe three bad matchups or like like obviously like defile and, and warlock is, is annoying <laughs> yeah. but you can also defile like they have never surrendered matchup. now so it's not that bad uh obviously mm-hmm. priest is terrible because it's priest but then like I know the Dark Lair matchup's a little bit unfavorable, but it's not unwinnable. Uh, the Aggro Druid matchup. Aggro, any any yeah. deck that's like super, super fast can be tough for Paladin. But Paladin, you know, it does have a very even-keeled uh, matchup spread. It's very strong. Um, I think it's one of the best decks in the format. I think it's like... I think it's definitely there. top five. I don't, I don't know what the order of my top yeah. five is, but it's definitely in my top five. Um, yeah. Um, and it definitely... It, it caught on a lot once the... Uh, again, we're always referencing these Chinese meta reports. There was a, <laughs> a meta report that put Odd Paladin right at top. Uh, it kind of like skyrocketed a little bit. Um, it settled out a, a little bit after that, but it maintained a strong presence. It's one of the more popular decks in the, in the uh, format right now, I think. Um, and yeah, really strong, like you said. Uh, Tour Guide, I think for Odd Paladin is now its best card. We've talked about this a ton. Um, and, you know, Paladin, it's, it's nice that, you know, it, it's been able to kind of, uh, you know, at least like recover from where it was, because it was kind of in a little bit of a tough situation. Um, but now it also, yeah. in addition to like tip and odd, it has like a lot of other options, uh, mm-hmm. including Labrum Paladin. Uh, Labrum Paladin is, I think, we're talking about like underplayed and slept on decks. Uh, Labrum Paladin might be right up there as one of the most underplayed slept on decks in the format as a whole. Yeah, I know we both are very, very high on the deck um, because we both have played a ton of it and we're both like, I think it has a ton of potential, but I, I don't, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't think I've seen anybody else that's been playing the deck. Yeah other than us um yeah. i i think this adaptation of the the pen flingers and the broomsticks from standard uh transitions really really well into wild i think the pen flingers do so much work in this in this format uh mm-hmm. even like aggressive matchups and like bursting down priests i think they're, they're both very very good um i think i was looking at our list uh i think we're like two or three cards off so i think it's got a very very strong established core i think the Librams are very very good um and I think, I don't know. I think one of us just needs to hit rank one, and then people will catch on to the stack, right? But um, no pressure, uh, right? I, but, something I will say is, I think Labroom, Labroom Powder, which is the name for the Broom package, Labroom. Um, I think it's my favorite Powder deck ever. Like, mm. legitimately, I, I love the Pen Flinger stuff so goddamn much. It, it is absolutely, it's so fun to play. I just want to call my opponent losers all day. Um, <laughs> seriously, I, I love this deck. Uh, maybe back in the olden days, I used to like Secret Maid, uh, Secret Paladin, 
But, you know, for the past, like, year or so, or even longer in Wild, it's been very tough to find Paladin decks that aren't just going to kind of, like, curve out aggro. And I think that the Pen Flingers feel so sweet in Paladin and feel very, very different. And I, I just love it. I love this deck. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be hard to overtake, like, the original OTK Anything Paladin for me. But Libra Paladin has been a favorite of mine for a couple of months now. Um, it's definitely, I think, really, really good. Uh, I think the big selling point for Libra Paladin is the fact that it's, like, insane against other aggressive decks. It is so good. So good against it Agra. is so good yeah. uh, with Steed and the 9-9 and Penflingers and Muster. Uh, it's just actually insane. And I think it's matchup into stuff like uh, Darkly Warlock because you have Libra of Justice, right? It is mm-hmm. And you can play Barrow. Yeah, and you can play Barrow if you're We can do Barrow Groom. Yeah, I, I, when I posted my list for Labrum, um, I didn't have Barrow because Darkly hadn't caught on. But you can mm-hmm. easily like take out one Steed and play Barrow. And with yeah. Double Justice and the Barrow, Maybe that's not an okay matchup. Maybe like that's something we might have missed previously. Yeah, and I actually think that it has a serviceable, ma- serviceable matchup into Priest. I think, um, especially if you're running um, Lanessa as well, uh, and the Penflingers give you reach, I think you have the ability to... It, it's got a disgusting amount of refill, I think is the, the point of that. It, it's kind of insane. Um, but yeah, we talked a lot about Paladin. I think Paladin got a ton from this expansion. Uh, it's... I'm very, very happy with Paladin. It actually feels like a deck I'm excited to, or a class I'm excited to play in the format. Yeah. Uh, it, it does still have other really good decks, I think. I think Agro Merlock Paladin, I think, is one of, I think it's a really good deck. Like, I think Agro Merlock yeah. Paladin with so, the lens package, not the OTK, but just like lens. Um, I think that's like a tier two deck. I think that's really good and something that, again, is super underplayed. Paladin in general, I think, is a bit slept on because a lot of people find it a bit boring, which I understand. Um, and it doesn't necessarily do things that feel that insane. Uh, but yeah, I think Agro Miller Paladin's really good. I think Mech Paladin's got a really nice foundation, even if it's not strong right now. Paladin has a lot of pieces, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so let's talk about the next class. Uh, so we talked about how Paladin has a ton of decks. I think Priest is the exact opposite of that, right? Uh, Priest yeah. has one, one, one deck, and it is the best deck in the format. It's the most popular deck in the format. Um, I so, mean, if you're gonna have one deck, this would, <laughs> you're happy you got this one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Arena Priest. Uh, we don't need to spend too much time on this because we, I feel like we talk about it almost every episode every, because it is yeah, the wait, deck. Yep. It is the deck in the format. It's the best top dog. Um, I think there was smatterings of Inner Fire Priest last month that have kind of disappeared. Uh, there's been a little mm-hmm. bit of people like playing Big Priest again, um, ugh, but. None of the other Priest decks ever come close to touching Arena Priest right now. They just, due to nerfs or the metagame, just don't really fit. Um, but like you mentioned, Arena Priest, if you're going to have one deck, at least it, at least it is the best deck of the format. Um, I yeah. I guess I'll ask you one question. What Where do you see, since we, we know that Arena Priest is tier one, if they do nerf Raza, right? If they do eventually go back on this buff, um, do, you, do you think Priest is, like, Arena Priest is still good? Or do you think it like brings back um, stuff like Big Priest? That's a tough question, obviously, yeah. because we don't know what the cards are going to be like and stuff like that. I would say like that if they the if they meta, nerfed it, to if they had have nerfed it, yeah, if they had have nerfed it like a month or two ago, yeah. like how do I feel about Reno Priest? Um, I think it'll be really good. I, I think Reno Priest with Raza uh, hitting for one hero power, I think the deck would still be very, very, very strong. Um, I think that you 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 might build it in a slightly different direction um but i it maintains this insanely good aggressive matchups just ridiculously good you, the raza isn't that relevant for that and even still like if you just polk out and hit the anduin raza by turn nine you can still otk a lot of the time with spawn 
Like, it's not that difficult. Um, or even, like, with a two-turn setup. I think the deck, like, has such strong endgame. It has such a good way to deal with Warlock with Scream. It has, like, it wouldn't be as hated on as much in terms of, like, the, the, the Albatross because its popularity would be a lot lower. Or the Grizzle Wizzle package. So I think if you take out that stuff, I, I think Rita Priest with one mana Raza would still be super strong right now. Like, tier two at least. Yeah. All right. Uh, Priest, I think we say losers from School Limits Academy, though. Uh, nothing... Other than Polkel, which was a neutral card. I mean, I guess, well, Polkel... I mean, it got, a Lucia, it got a Lucia and Polkel and skyrocketed to, like, the dominant deck, really. Uh, I well, I wouldn't, say that's due to a Lucia. I wouldn't say that's due to a Lucia. I would say it's due to Polkel more than yeah. anything. Uh, the, just because a Lucia goes in and out of the deck list. But, yeah, I, I guess when your best deck gets buffed a ton by one card, I guess... I guess it is a winner? I guess I'm just a little bit sad because there's no... Grade. Outside of like, Lucia, <laughs> there was no class cards that made a huge impact, in my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's okay. the part that I'm a little bit sad about. Yes, Polkel made Priest really, really good, but, like, nothing else got buffs, right? Like, Inner Fire Priest got a bunch of new cards, but then, like, it's still not... Yeah, like, I wouldn't say it's in the top, like, 10, 15 decks of the format. Um, Big mm -hmm. Priest got nothing new. Um, uh, like, the aggressive, like, Tempo Priest just isn't there yet as well so and in my opinion skullamance academy was not super kind right i guess he got raised dead raised yeah. dead and pull out and lose it's just a matter of your perspective right where you're you're focused a lot on the diversity and like mm -hmm. what kind of pieces and multiple of these archetypes picked up whereas i'm kind of looking at it like oh we have the best deck in the format yeah for us. okay that's, that's, a fair. that's a passing grade that's yeah. fair that's fair um yeah okay so let's talk about rogue uh so we're going from one deck to two decks when we talked about talk about rogue uh still just nice. Rogue and kingsbane right um there i think rogue is i think the third least played class uh above just hunter and demon hunter um and i I'm not exactly sure i think it might just be due to the popularity of priest you know and it, it, rogue just having two aggressive archetypes um I, I will say Kingsbane main is just really, really bad against stuff like Aggro Druid and Keyblock and Secret Mage, which are rising in popularity. Uh, whereas Odd Rogue is just... It, it's Odd Rogue. I think, my personal opinion, Odd Rogue is one of the top five decks um, in the format. I think it's the third best aggro deck behind Odd Paladin and Aggro Druid. But I, I think Odd Rogue is very, very good. And I'm not exactly sure why it's... You know, we're, we're seeing 3% of people playing Rogue, right? <laughs> um, so... I don't know what's happening to Odd Rogue, but like, what, what, do you, what do you think the reasoning for that is? Yeah, I, I don't know. I was playing Odd Rogue today yeah. uh, as we recorded to end the season. I had a really nice win rate. I had a great time. Loved it. <laughs> Would recommend to anyone. Um, I don't know. I liked Odd Rogue. Uh, I think like, Odd Rogue's build was figured out very, very quickly. The build I was actually playing today was the one I theorycrafted with you mm -hmm. before the expansion <laughs> even came out. Um, so I think... Nailed that one. I mean, don't get often to say that. <laughs> that's that's the one. Card. That's like, the usually, one we get. You know, we get one deck. Yeah, usually it's way off, but the other <laughs> felt like it might have been thirty card, pretty ideal for the most part, or at least close. Um, but yeah, Odrog, good. Odrog's really good. I, I don't entirely understand. People seem to just not want to play these Baku decks. Um, <laughs> you know, I get a lot of people think they're boring and stuff. I think that there is some issue with. Uh, you know, listen to it is it is an unfavored matchup. I think into what we're talking about, right? Reno Priest. If you don't take him the beneath the grounds, mm. um, but I don't know overall because Oddrog does again have like game against almost everything, right? Where it handles aggressive stuff pretty well with the hero power. It has a lot of it has like a lot of reach and damage. It can definitely like even beat out Reno decks. Um, I'm not sure why people haven't picked it up. Maybe people are just like doing different stuff. They're just not interested in Odd Rogue. Like Odd Rogue never really got.
got to that strong of a foothold in the meta. Um, and I think that even a deck like Odd Paladin, right? Odd Paladin, I think, is another another one of these aggro decks that is really, really strong. But again, it's the same kind of thing where it just doesn't quite have the play rate over the entire expansion that it probably should have. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. I think Odd Rogue got a lot better. I think it got a lot more fun as well. So personally, I like Odd Rogue. I like the direction it took with Volpera and Deadly Poison and Cutting Class and Secret Passage. Um, so I, I personally don't know. I can't speak for the entire playbase. That's fair. Uh, I mean, let's that's a really good transition into talking about winners or losers from Skull Mance. And I think Rogue is specifically Odd Rogue, huge, huge winner, right? So let's, I mean, let's just go through it. Secret Passage, uh, Volpira Toxin Blade, um, mm-hmm. Cutting Class, Jandis, Krastanov. Um, I'm missing other cards because I think we counted 12. Uh, one tool thief, guide. One tool, thief, tool guide. guide. Yeah. That's like 14 cards right there, right? Or 12. And so yeah. Odd Rogue itself got a huge buff. I mean, Kingsbane got like, when Secret Passage was unnerved, oh my god, Kingsbane was so much better than it was yeah. prior to the expansion. Um, I think we're still missing, like, honestly, Polkout was a big buff to stuff like uh, Pillager Rogue uh, as well. Yeah. Galakron Rogue style decks. And so... I think Rogue got huge buffs, um, right up there with like Paladin as like class, you know, ben, like I think that and Paladin, when it comes to class, mm-hmm. I think we're the two big winners from this expansion, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you you're saying at the start that Odd Rogue was like the third least played class, but despite that, I would definitely put it up there as like one of the bigger winners, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's two, it's two only kind of decks that it had like a chance of being a thing. Both were things, you know. They both got massive buffs. Like, like if you before the expansion came out, before um, uh, Skullmets came out, like this is probably one of the better case scenarios that you could have hoped for, yeah. right? You have like two two decks that were tier one at different points, or arguably are still tier one with Odd Rogue. Um, you know, this is a big win. So I think Odd Rogue again, it has these same foundation pieces, these two aggressive decks to kind of work from. Uh, Galakrond Rogue, it'd be interesting to see what happens down the road, whether they revert Galakrond or not. Because I think that a reverted Galakrond could eventually definitely find a home in Wild. I think that's true for, you know, the other Galakrons as well. Shaman. Um, in a row. But, yeah, Shaman specifically. Um, but, yeah, with Polka and Galakrond, it would be interesting to see uh, whether that combination, which we never got to see together in Standard because Galakrond was nerfed before the expansion came out. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting to see whether that was enough down the road to ever carry sort of a, a deck. In the same way that, like, Galakrond Warrior is kind of a deck, um whether we could see something like that from rogue (laughs) yeah uh but yeah i mean i'm excited for the future rogue i think the situation for rogue is like the exact opposite of hunter that right where rogue got drastic significant buffs to two decks and they significantly upgraded the decks whereas hunter i think consistently we're seeing slight upgrades to like three or four decks. many many yeah Yeah. which is not enough to push it so i think whatever happened to rogue's columbus academy was was very very good and I'm excited to see what happens in Darkmoon Fair. Um, but yeah, so let's move on to Shaman. So yeah, uh, looking at Shaman, um, we were so scared. We were so scared of Shaman before the expansion was officially released with Lightning Bloom. Um, little did we know, like we thought, we thought Yashaj uh, coming out on like turn four or something was insane. Little little did we know about the full board of eight eights. Um, but yeah, big Shaman, like Shaman as a whole. Uh, I don't know if I would say it's a winner. I think it, again, it's the one of the classes that it's one of the least represented currently in the format. Um, it basically has two decks where it has like big shaman and even shaman. Mm-hmm. Um, odd shaman was seeing a lot of play at points. Uh, a lot might be stretching it, um, but odd shaman definitely uh, had you know meaningful presence in the format as 
as kind of a, an answer. It felt like the Dark Lair Warlock. Um, a lot of people liked that matchup from the yeah. Shaman's perspective, um, where it had a lot of burn. I think at top ranks it might have dropped off, but that was mostly because of Colt uh, becoming a much more popular choice at high ranks. Oh, I thought you just meant yeah, like cults of people, but yeah. Oh, 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 the Cult of Odd Shaman? Yeah. Do we get that Discord going? Um, yeah, we'll see on that. Um, but yes, the, you know, Big Shaman, Even Shaman, Odd Shaman, those are the main archetypes so far. Shaman um, hasn't had the best time, I think, but it's because, you know, Shaman struggles against priests, which, you know, we keep talking about. Priest is one of the best, actually, better part of the expansion um, for the entire expansion. So, yeah, Shaman didn't have the greatest meta on the whole, where it's a very, very good class at the moment into aggressive stuff. Uh, Big Shaman and Even Shaman both have overall like really tremendous matchups against the majority of other aggressive archetypes, whether we're talking about Paladin or um, you know things like Aggro Druid, Rogues. Um, and the, the format just didn't quite push that way for the most part. Um, because of Reno Priest, the, the format didn't quite push into sort of like board-based aggro stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so Shaman kind of had a really rough time in that matchup. But yeah, I think the Shaman, like both the Even Shaman and Big Shaman, um, picked up some really cool stuff. You know, Lightning Bloom for Big Shaman was a, a, a massive deal. Even Shaman got some cool stuff with like Panthera and Note Keeper, um, so a bit of play here and there. And then Odd Shaman again went from complete meme status to a viable deck that people yeah. actually recognize as being quite decent. So I would say this is kind of like a mid ish, like mid grading for, for Shaman on the whole. Uh, can't be too upset. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so now let's talk about the, the class that has 26% of the decks in the format. Let's talk a little bit about Warlock. Uh, I would say Warlock has, you know, it has life tap, so it's always going to be a thing. And regardless of the cards it gets in expansion, it's always going to be top tier somehow. Um, I mean, let's start Let's start with Renalock, okay? <laughs> Renalock is this deck that 2% nine, to 9%. It, it's insane. It came out of nowhere. Uh, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but um, I think Renalock as a whole got a lot of buffs throughout the expansion uh and the decks that itself as well as finding itself favorable in the metagame um like the demon stuff uh obviously did uh one just for the deck with willow but raised dead as well uh was, was very very good um i i'm still not 100 percent sold on Rena lock and this is coming from a guy who absolutely adores the deck but um i think Rena lock as a whole is is still very very you know, I mean, it's arena deck, right? Play the yellow cards, and you're probably winning the game. <laughs> uh, and then Dark Lair, right? Dark Lair, dude, why, why couldn't it just stay dead, you know? Uh, I think once it got nerfed, people just completely abandoned the deck, and then now people realize that it's still, a, you know, pumping out 8-8s, right? Zero mana flesh giants in turn four are still good, yeah? Um, yeah, I, I don't know how much of a surprise this might be to listeners when we're talking about Dark Lair Warlock, yeah. right? Where Dark Lair Warlock for us, um, when, when we look at like the, the line graph for the, what were the most popular decks throughout the expansion, um, Dark Lair Warlock is right there. It's like the most yeah. popular deck um, at the back half, like the past week or so at about 17% of the meta. Um, and the very, very top end of ladder has actually been very much dominated by Dark Lair Warlock. I'm not talking about top 100, top 200. I'm saying like, the like top five on each server are very much a lot of players playing dark Lair warlock yeah. and i'm not sure exactly how much that's trickled down whether people who are a little bit lower ranks than that um might not even know about this uh personally because i've been in like that top 100 range i've kind of seen it rise up and have been familiar with who's been playing it but yeah uh dark Lair warlock i doubt there's enough time for it to really catch on before the expansion but we'll see where it goes next expansion because yeah people have like, gone back to the deck after originally abandoning it, and it turns out, yeah, like you said, those 8-8s are kind of a big deal and pretty good still. 
Yeah, and I will say, having played it now that it's no longer the tier one, you know, everybody hates the deck. Um, it's still, I think, I don't, I don't know how much of the stretch this is to say, but I think it's probably the most skill-intensive deck in the format right now. I think it's very difficult to play, but it's very rewarding if you play it well. Um, and then Q-Block. So I think Q-Block, it got Willow, and then, I mean, that's, it was just a buff, right? It got Willow. Um, yeah. And for the second half of the expansion, but I think it was a pretty big buff, right? It actually made her playable. Like one mana change made her absolutely playable. She oh, was, she, she's so good. She's so like, good. Um, she's fantastic. Yeah. I love how we were like, yeah, maybe she's okay. No, she's she's good. Yeah, I, I thought it was a big deal. One mana nerfs are like always such a big deal. I think people yeah. like underestimate that kind of thing. And yeah, it, it's a massive buff for Cube like in Arena, like we've, like we've been talking about. The fact that she does come down that turn. The, on the same turn that you would normally play the enhanced like mm -hmm. you're not forced into playing the enhanced and then playing willow like you get to actually do it it's such a strong play for sure yeah and i think um I, i've seen a lot of key block lists kind of ditching the mistress of mixtures in favor of either tour guides for extra draw or broomsticks uh for board control like mm -hmm. popping your cubes and i think both of them are better than mistress of mixtures um 100 so those are some more small additions from uh school I, I say small but they're pretty really freaking good cards from school immense academy um but I think key block is just one of those decks that's always going to be a thing, and it finds itself in a good meta pocket uh, for like the last month, where like um, people were originally experimenting with Doomguards, and now they're back on birds, right, to beat priests or have a chance against priests. Uh, and you're you were okay into quest mage, and now you're okay into dark lair uh, because void lords and, and just chaining taunts are pretty pretty good. And then of course mm -hmm. you have Defile and Dark Skies and Plague of Flames and Void Lords against Aggro Druids and Odd Paladins. It finds itself in a very very good spot right now in the metagame. I think um, it 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 Keyblock fluctuates right between like the top two or three tiers, but right now it finds itself as a very very good deck. Um, and then last but not least for Warlock, uh, Discard Warlock. Uh, I mean we've talked a little bit about it. It was super popular, and then Dark Lair, and then it kind of died off, and then Dark Lair got nerfed, and then Discard Warlock came back, and now it's dead again. Um, but I still think that Discard Warlock, like we were talking about earlier, is still a very, very good deck. Um, regardless yeah. of like what people in Top 100 Legend are saying, I think Discard Warlock is still a very, very, very strong deck. Uh, and it's a very, very cheap deck. So if you're looking to get into the format or you know, or trying to hit Legend, I think Discard Warlock is a very, very good option for you. Um, yeah, a lo along with Sacred Mage, I'd say these are two of the... Oh, I guess like as well as Aggro Druid. Yeah. There's some I guess, best options you have on a, on a relatively uh, tight string, I think. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Warlock as a whole, it, it got Willow. Uh, it got tour guide, and it got raised dead, and I think, like, I, I mean, it, had, it got dark air, right? It got flesh giants yeah. as well. So this, like, we we had two months, two and a half months of dark lair. Like we, warlock is a, I guess dark lair warlock was a winner, and then warlock <laughs> as a whole, I guess if we're going by pre, if we're going dude, by priest logic, wild. yeah. It's wild. Dark, like warlock is the winner every expansion. <laughs> like let's be honest. Uh, yo, nerf to life tap win. Make it make make it take three, right? Um, yeah, don't give my deals. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then and let's cover cover our last class warrior. Um, so yeah, you want you want to take this one away? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, warrior to me it was probably the most interesting class actually over the expansion. Where it, it had a roller coaster, it, had, right? it was exactly a roller coaster. Exactly how I describe it. Where um, <laughs> it started off as this off meta darling, like our savior. Uh, Barov basically carried the class, right? Barov is one of the stronger cards, I think, 
it's it's probably one of the strongest cards I've set in maybe of the past like year or two. Where, where Barov is a, it does so much right for like so little for such little mana cost. Um, Three mana, and it is it was like basically the only answer to a dark lair Lothab board. You know, like Lothab and Giants, you can't play spells, so risky skipper Barov or or Barov Ravaging Ghoul. Um, so like Warrior at its peak, like it had, you know, Odd Demon Hunter, uh, sorry, Odd Warrior, um, Odd Warrior, Dead Man's Hand Warrior, Bomb Warrior. A lot of those things we're seeing play as answers to Dark Lair Warlock and sort of an answer to Arena Priest, um, in the case of like Bomb Warrior. Um, but then once Dark Lair got nerfed and that was no longer a thing, Warrior basically just dropped off the face of the earth. War Warrior, like straight up, did not exist. It was one of the least played classes there for about a month period. And, you know, I think it's like recovered here and there where um you know dead man's hand maintains some presence odd warrior is beginning to come back a little bit now that dark is coming back as well yeah. um there's still some sort of you know war index on the fringes with like pirate warrior and gallican warrior have very limited play rates like very small representation but they're both fine like they're both like legend viable and stuff um so i don't know i would say warrior was probably a winner though if you grade out overall i think that Barrow was a, such a big addition by itself that it has the potential to really be a foundation piece for Wild for a very long time moving forward. Yeah, I think um, when we so, yeah. Well, I, I was just gonna say when we when we talk about stuff like Warlock always being OP and like Mage always being OP, it's because they have these like extremely strong foundational pieces, right? That kind of mm -hmm. carry the class and like it, it's like Druid, right? Where whenever you build a Druid deck, you put the same twenty five cards in, and then you can kind of go from there. Like when you build Warlock, you mm -hmm. put the same fourteen fifteen cards in, and then go from there. And I think now with Warrior, you're getting stuff like Risky Skipper, Ankar, Barov, Brute. That package of cards is an extremely strong like base to build Warrior decks in the future off of, which is which is yeah. awesome. It's it's really exciting because Warrior has historically always been one of these like Pirate Warrior bust kind of classes. Like if Pirate Warrior is playable, then, then Warrior is popular. If it's not, then it never sees any play. Um, and now you have this kind of base to build off of for Dead Man's Hand or Bomb or Enrage or whatever you want to take it. Um, it, it's actually potentially a lot of draw as well for maybe a potential combo shell in the future. I don't. It it's a, I, it's a very I good baseline I, moving forward. Yeah, whenever Warrior gets like an end game that's better than Dead Man's Hand, that's when we can really watch out because Dead Man's Hand it's cute. Like I get why a lot of people like it. Hell, I like I like to play in the deck sometimes. I think it's fun, but for me it's not necessarily fun because of the Dead Man's Hand. I like the skipper stuff, but when whenever like that skipper brute battle rage package and barrel. Whenever that gets an actual end game that feels really nice to play, yeah. uh, a la like a Mechathun Warlock type end game, right? Where you just rip through that deck, you have like a turn nine combo. Mm -hmm. If Warrior ever picks up that over Dead Man's Hand, I think that's when we would really be cooking in terms of like something that feels very, very different, but very, very strong for Warrior. Yeah, I, I, I mean, to me, Dead Man's Hand Warrior is a mill deck. It, like, yeah, it's a mill combo deck. It's a, very, it's a very, very fancy mill deck, and mill decks yeah. are never going to be super popular in the format, right? They they just aren't with kind of how our format works. Like, they have a place in the metagame, but they're never going to be top tier, I think. Which, like like you said, I think as long as... As soon as Warrior, either, whether it's like an Enrage kind of win con, like Enrage combo, or like, like an actual combo finisher, I think we'll, we'll be talking about Warrior a lot moving forward. Um, so... Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> pirate warrior i think was kind of collateral damage because of this whole package right with the nerves to corsair cash and anchor kind of really knocking the deck down a ton and yeah. then priest being popular um it's like it it, it was good in ashes of outland and um very uh, good and, yeah it's one of the best decks yeah and then it got hit a couple times and now um 
now it's not even showing up. I don't think I saw his entire Pirate Warrior, maybe the entire expansion, and that's just yeah. But in in the same way that Kingsbane was gone, but kind of not really gone, I think Pirate Warrior is. Well. I mean, it's you know, always going to be something really good back. pirates. Yeah, yeah, it, it has again. We're talking about foundation pieces. Pirate Warrior has the foundation pieces. Where Pirate Warrior could pick up one or two cards and bam, back at top of tier two, yeah. back in tier one. It really wouldn't take much. Yeah, but uh, Warrior, I think, as a whole, I think not one of the best. Like, it's it's not super happy with Golemitz Academy, but it got Lord Baroff, right? And it got kind of like the final piece to this. It's a five-star card, yeah. yeah. It is the final piece to this core of the deck that's going to be a staple moving forward. Um, so I, I don't think you can call it a loser, even though it maybe only got, like, one card, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think as a whole, I think Skullamance Academy was a huge hit, I think great expansion maybe honestly maybe the best expansion they've ever had um i i would say it's the best expansion that yeah. they've done i i love it I I, this is coming from like standard and a wild perspective like i know we hit dark lair uh, for a month there but i think in terms of the card quality um from school and academy i think it was insane uh and i love the expansion and that makes me even more excited for dark moon fair right because this is the bar they're setting i can't i can't wait um, but yeah, I think that's going to be it for us tonight, guys. I appreciate you guys watching. Uh, we'll be doing State of the Wild episodes every Sunday uh, and in-depth episodes like this at the end of every month moving forward. So if you guys enjoy these episodes and content like this, make sure you guys drop a like and share with others. Um, and just a reminder, that rolls on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your other podcast distribution sites. So if you guys want to listen on the go, make sure you guys check us out there. Uh, Corbett, thanks again for joining me, friend. Uh, let the people know where they can find you. Guys, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Twitch at uh, Corbett Games. You can also find uh, two YouTube channels, uh, Corbett Games and then Corbett Daily. Corbett Daily is a new one I started. I'm basically just posting daily stream highlights. So, you know, drop that a follow and stuff or a sub, I guess, um, if you want to check out that stuff. Yeah, we appreciate it. Because, you know, if you can't maintain if you can't maintain why one YouTube channel, why not make a second one? Yeah, I love how it was, like, on you for, like, a couple months there. I'm like, dude, you got to make content. You got to make content. All of a sudden, now there's two channels. And I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> twice the content's better, right? Um, but, yeah, we appreciate you guys mm. watching. Thank you so much. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed this episode. Stay safe out there, and we will see you guys next time. Later. Bye, guys.